you went in for an otherwise healthy, non-eventful delivery and you out of nowhere died. Yes. Welcome to another episode of the Can We Talk About This podcast. My name is Chriselda, and today I'm switching gears a little bit to discuss something very serious and important. Uh, My first job, if you will, is a portrait and wedding photographer. If you have spent any time at all on my website, my blog, or even my Instagram profile, it's absolutely no secret that my most favorite thing to photograph are birth stories. There's just something magical about witnessing and documenting the birth of a child. It comes second to none. Over the last few years, I've photographed over 40 births. Uh, I've kind of gotten addicted to it. The nature of labor is variable. At times, things have completely veered off track, um, but nothing has ever come close to witnessing my guests sudden and unexpected death. The purpose of today's interview is not meant to alarm any pregnant women. It's not meant to scare you. It's just that Nicole's passion is now to share her story and use it to educate and empower women that are going into labor and delivery. Her mission is to help you understand the real questions that you should be asking your doctor, your nurses, and even your hospital before you push. I hope you will listen to this interview, even if you feel it doesn't apply. This is a beautiful story that has only just begun to unfold for Nicole. Now, Nicole is a client turned friend of mine. We met a few years ago when she was pregnant with her first child and asked me to photograph her pregnancy. I threw up the first time we met too, like right in front of you during our maternity. Don't say it like that. You're making it sound like I showed up and you were like, (laughs) (laughs) to clarify, you were pregnant and you threw up because you had morning sickness. Yeah, it was our first trimester. So, okay, morning sickness and standing for a long time doing yes, morning sickness mainly. First pregnancy. It had nothing to do with it had nothing to do with seeing me for the first no, time. No. <laughs> no. Like she said, we met um because I do photography and she had contacted me to photograph her pregnancy and um her journey through and to motherhood, um, which is, is your favorite thing, right? Absolutely. I love being pregnant and I love delivery. Most favorite thing on the planet. You're like the only person I know that says, I love being pregnant. No, I'm sure there is more of us out there. They just have not, you know, you haven't heard them speak up yet, but yeah, I just love it. I love besides the nauseous and first trimester of everything. Um, I know it's completely worth it in the end because that's my finish line is delivery and just seeing everything I worked hard for at the end of it, for sure. So you really wanted to highlight like your pregnancy. You knew from the beginning, like this whole journey, you wanted to record it. You came to me kind of early on through your pregnancy. And then we met like what, another three times before you delivered? We met um, another three times to do some more maternity sessions of everything. And then you were there for my delivery. For my first one. I mean, you were there for all of them, but yeah. Yeah. It's been a special little journey to be on with you um, and to kind of see you become a mom and to go through like the growth of your family with you. Um, And then naturally, because we had spent so much time together. And then, of course, like I saw your good girl parts, um, we became friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we became close friends, I would say. (laughs) Really close friends. Um, Okay. So the reason that I brought you on the podcast today is um, to talk about delivery and kind of the things that 
don't get brought up or don't get talked about very often. And I feel like we need to talk about them. So why don't you tell me a little bit first about you and like what you do now and uh, we can go from there. Yes. Um, so I am a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for about six years. I started my career out in pediatric ICU for about four years. So I got to see um, some pretty crazy situations and learned and grew in my career. And now I actually work in PACU, which is post anesthesia care unit. So after you have surgery, you wake up to me. Um, so I've just been there, uh, bedside nurse. And ICU nurse. I'm also a mom of three amazing little human beings and a wife as well. So, um, yeah, those are definitely my three main roles right now. An interesting thing happened while you were delivering your third and final child. And I know your story is like super elaborate and you've got so much information coming at you. Um, because in short, when you were delivering your third child, you went in for an otherwise healthy, non-eventful delivery and you out of nowhere died. Yes, correct. Which going into your third delivery, um, you never think that, right? Like you got to my house the night before we went in to the hospital and we were even joking about it. Like, oh, this will be nothing. This is like a water slide. Like... I should be home the next day. Right. Because your, your previous deliveries had been easy, easy. And I mean, for crying out loud, you were like, you like pulled a Courtney Kardashian and pulled your own baby out. And, you know, so you just went in thinking, been here, done that. I'm going to, yeah, I know. I felt like an expert. Of course, I think any mom does being on their third baby, fourth baby. I mean, you just feel like you are so confident when you go in there, you know what you want, you know what you want to ask for and how you want it done. And then you close your eyes for one second in the next you're you're in ICU, your baby's out of you already. And um, it was just a surprising, very surprising and um, gosh, it's just speechless moment for me. I, I never, you know, I, even though I'm a nurse and I see, you know, awful scenarios and situations, I never thought once it would happen to me. Never. So let's touch on that just a little bit. Um, I can tell you kind of some things from my perspective, um, because I had gone up to Colorado to photograph the delivery of your third child. And we didn't know if it was a boy or girl, you have two little girls. So we didn't know if you were having a boy or a girl. It was a surprise delivery or a surprise, you know, reveal. Um, and, you know, you had been healthy. You had done all the things, you know, that the book tells you to do. You drank water. You lived in the mountains. You stayed healthy. You went on a baby boon for crying out loud. And you go in to deliver this baby. And I remember walking in and saying hi to you and you were getting some vitals checked, you know, otherwise just kind of business as usual. Um, and you had thought that your body was kind of signaling that you were towards the end, you had reached dilation of 10 and you were ready to push and turns out you weren't. Right. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, you just coded. Yeah. So, and I warned my nurse and Typically, you know, for you too, you, you don't go up to, I think the room until you're like a six, right? That's when you're like, okay, when, when you're six, let me know. And, um, 
I'll go ahead and go up there. I don't typically, when I'm on call for birth and delivery, um, I do not head up to the hospital until the patient tells me that they have reached a six in dilation. Um, everything typically goes kind of quickly after that. So that's when I start making my way up there. But you had kind of dilly-dallied all day long. And mm. I had like caught up on all my Grey's Anatomy. I had eaten breakfast and lunch. And I was about to dip into a snack. And I was like, you know what? I better just go to the hospital. Um, I had walked in right around the time that everything started really um, getting a little intense. And yes, um, it kind of had reached a critical moment. Um, I remember walking in and saying hi to you. And just a few minutes later, uh, the nurse, you know, the, the alarms in the hospital are going off. I didn't think I was going to cry. Um so the alarms in the hospital are going off and everything's kind of really intense. And it's like this movie scene and the nurse is jumping on top of you. She's doing chest compressions. She's like screaming at the other nursing staff, cords and gloves and medical equipment are flying all over the room. And you know, your husband is there and he's like, what's going on? What is happening? And they just wheel you out. And we, all we know is you're going in for an emergency C-section and you no longer have a pulse. You wake up a couple of days later and kind of what are you, what are you feeling at this point? I I am feeling very like I don't know if it's because you'll talk to me while I was on the ventilator and just kept me aware of everything or what it was, but strangely and oddly I woke up very calm and I thought why am why is this why is this tube in me? And just thinking, okay, I'm almost, they were telling me, you know, just a few more minutes and we're going to pull that tube out of your throat. And I kept thinking, I just want to know what this baby is. Like, I did not find out what this third one was. I had two girls. I just didn't want to find out, you know, everybody was so eager and everything. And I just kept it to where like, no, I just don't want to find out. And so that was the main thought, like, well, what was it? What was it? Even though I'm sure like y'all had told me, I think while I was on the ventilator, what it was already and showing me pictures, but I don't remember any of it. When you first woke up, did you kind of already know what had happened or you just because of your medical training, like you look down and you see your hand is swollen from the fluids that they've put in. I mean, I'm assuming that's what it is, right? You're, you've just had this IV. So you're kind of swollen a little bit. Oh yeah. From all the fluid, the, all the blood products that I got. Yes. Um, is what caused all that. So I think definitely from my medical background is an advantage that kept me calm rather than, you know, some women who, Mm -hmm. who would, you know, possibly freak out, I would say, but I I knew something really bad happened and I just, I didn't know what exactly. And I still feel like I was just so drugged at that time too. Um, but for definitely a good reason, um, that it was important. Uh, but I woke up very calmly and I just wanted to know what, what it was. That was the most horrific gender reveal party. I, I think anybody <laughs> has ever heard of. Right. So right. we're as, not doing that again. Yeah. We're not doing that again. <laughs> That's not a thing. You're like, let's don't do this. So yeah. So when I was boy, I was like, oh, okay. And then I fell back asleep. I feel like I went right back to sleep. I don't even remember making it to the next room. I remember them saying, okay, we can't have him. We can't bring your baby boy into this room because, you know, the neighbor has shingles and we don't want to get him infected. We don't want to take risk. Okay. I get it. 
So we're going to wait till we transfer you, which, you know, I don't even remember being transferred. Right. Now your child, your son Haxton was born healthy. Um, you know, he had suffered like a little bit of a, of a Nick whenever your doctor had performed the C-section. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, he was a healthy child. Um, he did have to stay just a little bit longer just to treat that area, make sure that we didn't um, have an infection, which ended up kind of being a blessing in disguise because he was able to stay in the hospital while you were still admitted to the hospital. Um, but I definitely want to go back and talk about you know, how the baby was delivered. I specifically um, remember them referring to it numerous times as a post-mortem C-section. Yes. And as a nurse, you know, I've, I've been at the, the, the times where they do call the, where they call it, you know, is what we say is when somebody dies, we, you know, okay, call it. So the doctor calls it and we say the time I have never heard them refer, uh, to a patient as being expired. So when I heard that they told my husband that, that your wife expired, we're doing a postmortem C-section. I just felt sick. It just makes me sick to feel like you have an expiration date on you. Um, so we, you know, y'all go from that. Y'all seeing them, you know, one instant I was feeling nauseous and hot and you were they jumped on, you know, at I the point where they called your baby, you jump on me to start these amazing chest compressions, obviously, because expired. I'm still mentally intact. Um, and as a nurse, you know, going through these certifications to be certified and acute cardiac life support is important. Like everything we do matters. All of our training, all of our certifications in the medical field matters. And I love reminding everybody in my, you know, medical profession that that as well, because we do not hear it enough. It's we see the patient, they leave, that's it. Bye. But I think it's amazing that I'm on both sides now. I definitely feel a greater advantage for that. So once they hop on me, start these amazing chest compressions, um, they wheel me as fast as they can to the OR suite, which is just like 30 seconds down the hall. So they get me to the OR suite, they get me to the table. And once I'm on that table, there's no anesthesia, there's no doctor, there's no IV because I also lost my IV. Uh, but this amazing nurse named Cindy Ramberg, uh, she's been an ICU nurse for like 28 years. And, you know, she's the one who stepped up as a leader and made these calls like, okay, you do the epi. You do the INO, which an INO is a drill gun that goes right into your bone to give you complete, you know, fast access to blood products, fluids, and everything like that. So that starts, and they call the code blue. And there was an ER doctor that happened to go to this code blue, which is just so out of the ordinary for him because. For one, he doesn't work at the hospital typically I deliver at. He doesn't work days. And I was, you know, I was there on a day, uh, on a Tuesday day. And he doesn't work Tuesdays. And he doesn't go to Code Blues because he's an ER doctor. He's so busy downstairs with all the other patients. But something he felt was pulling him up out of his chair to get to me. So he enters this room thinking, you know, he's just an extra set of hands, like no big deal. But the first thing that is said to him when he enters his room is this, she's been down for five minutes. You have to get this baby out right now. And he's like, okay, where's the, where's the OB? He's not here. We've paged him. Okay. Well, you know, he feels for a pulse, no pulse. 
you know, he's trying to fill my baby, my belly. And for some instance, you know, I was already, you know, of course I was already on at least five minutes and he feels this faint kick is what he tells me of where he's at. Because normally, you know, the ER doctor cuts vertically, but for some reason he cut me horizontally. So he, you know, he says, somebody get me a fucking scalpel. Like, I mean, to be frank, right? So he, they hand in the scalpel and he, he cuts right through, which he ended up cutting Paxton, which is my son, but you know, it was fine. He came out, he was good. Um, they said, they said he was fine. So once they got the baby out of me, they got a pulse and a blood pressure. So at that point, I think right before they had gowned up my husband, you know, they gowned up Anthony to say, you know, do you want to kiss her one more time? I mean, do you want to see her one more time? He's like, yeah, absolutely. I want to kiss her and I want to hold her one more time if I have to. So he's out there, you know, all gowned up in his scrubs and in, in those paper green scrubs to, to do that. But they, you know, he got outside the door and was like, Hey, we just got a pulse. We're, we're working on your wife right now. And he didn't even see Haxton go by, which, you know, I, I'm, I wouldn't either. Like, I'm sure he had so much on his brain at that point. Uh, so he, uh, they're working on me, um, to get everything under control. Cause I started bleeding out. So that's when they called the massive blood transfusion protocol, which is just, you know, continuous blood products after blood products. They've probably replaced my entire body of blood. I mean, several times for how much I was bleeding. Um, but everyone thought I was dead. Everyone did. Normally when, even as a healthcare professional, you don't have two healthy outcomes. Like it's either one or the other. And that day they had two amazing outcomes, which is, is just mind blowing to this day because I don't feel like I was supposed, like, I feel like now, yeah, I was supposed to live, but everybody during that day felt like I was already dead. Like they did not think that I was going to have any survival. Like then at one point they had said I already been down at eight minutes. I was already posturing, which means that, you know, that's the last thing. Now it's your brainstem working and that's it, which is a bad sign, um, which anything, if, if I don't come out of this, I'm definitely not going to be mentally intact. I'll be almost brain dead, you know, just a vegetable. And those were the signs I was showing, but to come out of this and not be mentally and, and to be mentally intact and be able to tell this story is, is just amazing in itself. And I feel very grateful. Well, obviously we're all thankful that you survived and this was, you know, pretty traumatic for everybody that was involved. And I can't, I can't even imagine what you must be going through both mentally and emotionally. Um, I was only there for a small fraction of it. And I feel like you're on, you know, the forefront to like this whole new world that has been kind of granted to you again. And so you not only became a mom, but you were like reborn that day, so to speak. Um, and you've got like this whole new journey ahead of you. Um, and before when you went into this delivery, you know, you had gone so far as to, you know, picking out personalized socks, you know, you would, you were just so ready. This is such a 
this is such a special tender moment for you and you're really excited about it and you really cover every detail about it down to your socks. Um, you know, you had a special robe picked out, you had your hair braided, you know, you went in, like it was just going to be a textbook delivery. It was going to be easy. It was going to be great to share on Instagram and Pinterest and all that good stuff. But then this traumatic experience that happens to you. And I feel like, you know, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the fact that women are still suffering birth complications. Um, they are still experiencing these kind of things. It's 2019 and 2018 when this happened to you. And we're still having, um, we're still hearing of stories like this. And, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, how, you know, we, these things are out there happening, but nobody wants to talk about it. And nobody talks about it unless that it, unless it happens to them or it happens to somebody they know, but we still need to be having this conversation because it is important and it is serious. And people need to know that there's so much, you know, that you need to be educated on before you go in to deliver a baby. Um, and I want to talk about that. Can, can we talk about that? (laughs) You know, it's, And it's not to scare, this conversation isn't to scare, you know, future moms or people who are pregnant right now or, you know, to, but, but this is more or less just a way because now, you know, you're on this other side of it and you feel this huge responsibility to make sure that you're not only serving, you know, your purpose as a medical professional and as a nurse, um, but also as a survivor. And so I want to talk to you about, you know, how this has changed you. Right. And talking about the whole fear thing, you know, fear factor, like everybody can be like, oh, you know, you're using the whole fear factor. Like that's, that's not my intent. Like everyone perceives fear differently. You know, if I tell someone a family member got into a car accident and died, it doesn't scare people from driving a car. Right. You know, when I tell people I died during delivery, it's not to scare them from having a baby at all. Like that is not my intent. You know, people will perceive and create fear however they want to. It's not ever my intent to to definitely scare again. You know, it's my intent to give them as much education and help based off of that fear. That is my intent. And especially being a nurse as a medical professional and as the patient, I am Definitely. I feel like my story gives me more leverage to inspire and empower and then help them to overcome, you know, and, you know, definitely trauma. Cause I feel like what I went through was trauma, uh, especially getting to this one year anniversary of mine, because I feel like almost this is, um, this is, it, it does. I'm, I'm almost feeling like I'm reliving this in my head as well. You know, of course, um, but I just feel like, you know, letting, helping these people, you know, pregnant women and just making them aware of everything um, before they push. What do you think pregnant women need to know or be prepared for? Um, you know, because I gave birth 14 years ago um, and I had had this 
disgusting pregnancy. I was constantly sick and had to get IV fluids all the time. Um, I was in and out of the hospital, you know, just because I had been so sick. Um, you know, and, but it never once occurred to me to ask my doctor why this was happening. It never once occurred to me to Google it. It never occurred to me to ask any questions. And I don't know. I mean, and I was of an average age. I mean, I don't want to give my age away or anything, but you know, I wasn't Mm -hmm. like a teenager giving birth. I mean, I was, I was an adult, but when I went into the hospital, I wasn't educated about the delivery process. I didn't take Lamaze courses or birthing classes or whatever you want to call it. Um, I just felt like I had been there so much that it would just kind of take care of itself. I didn't know that there were any complications. Like it it, it never occurred to me that complications. Right could happen because, yeah, because it was, I mean, this is, you know, well, this is like modern medicine. And I, I, what do you feel that pregnant women need to be asking? Like the conversations we need to be having, like, I mean, you're now on this mission to educate women about pregnancy and delivery and the questions that you need to ask before you push, you know, is it, is it about more than, you know, how's the chocolate cake at the hospital cafeteria? Is it more than what channels are accessible on cable? I mean, cause those are the questions that I would have asked, you know, like, do we get free wifi? Like, right. you know, um, <laughs> do I get to take the diapers home with me? So but you want yes. to, you, you want to educate women more on the serious questions that they need to be asking. So give us in a couple of examples of that. You know, when you go up there for that tour, for the hospital, you, I went on a one-on-one tour and it just so happened that my coworker's wife was the charge nurse there in L&D. So I was able just to, you know, scope out my nurses. Okay. Who's going to be on for February 13th? Like what nurse, you know, like, is that nurse? Like, seriously is that nurse great? Like, are, is our personalities going to fit with each other? Because I want, I wanted that perfect delivery and us to like just mesh and, and experience this bond together, you know, just, just definitely scoping out your nurse, you know, cause I know definitely with my first baby, I didn't have the best nurse and, and it sucks because not all nurses out there are great. And just as you know, doctors out there, not all doctors are great either, but I would say that, you know, definitely another important question to ask is, is about your nurse, uh, to ask that as well. Um, another thing you could try asking is, you know, before you, or just when you get pregnant, or if you're thinking about getting pregnant is scoping out that OB doctor. I really do suggest that the best, um, review that you can get is from a coworker versus just a patient, because somebody who has actually worked with that doctor, worked with that person has the best knowledge of knowing that person. Um, but so like L and D nurses, they, they definitely know their OB doctors because they deal with them every single day, you know, trying to scope that out and get those fills, you know, from everybody. Um, you know, you, just as if your husband, it's just as if you were about to buy a car, like you do your research. You need to research about your OB doctor. Like what's their cesarean rate? How often do they do C-sections? I want to know that 
you know, what about this hospital? What level of trauma are they? Are they a level one, a level two, a level three? You probably don't even know what I'm talking about. Is your hospital certified for that? Like I could go on and on, but these are, are very important questions. You know, the hospital I was at was a level three trauma facility. The one I work at was a level one. Level one is like the highest trauma facility you can be at. You know, they're trained in very high trauma um, scenarios, qualifications that they have to maintain uh, as a hospital to keep that certification. So stuff like that, just, you know, touching on the very top ones to ask um, are just the beginning of it, you know? Your hope is that women would feel empowered so that when they went in knowing what their birth plan was or what they had, you know, decided that their birth plan was that they would be able to kind of see that out and see, you know, see that through, you know, um, Absolutely. and so when it, when it comes to, um, other questions that you want moms to ask, you want them to ask questions, not only about the hospital and the doctor, but kind of like, what is the protocol for, you know, worst case scenario type of things. And again, we're not trying to scare people and say like, Oh my gosh, like there's a chance that you're going to go in and deliver a baby. And you know, you're thinking it's just any regular old Tuesday. But the fact of the matter is, is that it was just a regular old Tuesday. You had been down this path before and you had, and you were healthy and you're a nurse and this happened to you out of nowhere. And statistically speaking, you know, it's very, very, very common for women to suffer, um, birth complications and many of them die and and don't live to tell their story. So now your passion is to educate these women, um, because you, you want us to stop (laughs) and, you know, this may not be something that we see in our lifetime, you know, but you know, you and I have spent countless hours talking about this and how in order to see change, like we have to have these hard conversations. Um, and so that has prompted you to go out and tell my story, start. Yeah. You're, you're telling your story now and you have, tell me a little bit about your new project that you've got going. Um, so I started a new page called Before You Push. So if you're interested, you should definitely you know follow me on that page. And it just gives you um, the questions. It's eventually we just we haven't launched it yet, but it's going to be giving you know talking about these good questions that you should be asking and talking about, especially if you want to have that desirable delivery and birth plan that you want to have. I want you to feel confident when you go in there to. Definitely challenge your doctors and challenge your nurses that a lot of people don't do. You know, like as a nurse, I want to be challenged. I want you to ask me these questions, you know? Um, So we are working on that right now. I have a promo video coming out from this amazing uh, videographer named Eric Magana. He is working on these interviews that we did with everybody there that day. So that is going to be creating some awareness as well. I, um, a lot of people are asking me, you know what, what happened? And honestly, I don't think you can ever, we can ever exactly diagnose this because thankfully I didn't have to have an autopsy, right? So the most thing that makes the most sense from what every other medical professional I talk to is an amniotic fluid embolism, which I met the algorithm right on for that, you know, sudden cardiac arrest, went into D 
DIC, which means, you know, you start bleeding out profusely. So that's the thing that makes the most sense. Um, so just really making awareness of this and that this does happen. And I just want you to be familiar with your choices and confident. And I, you know, I, I love the um, idea of, you know, you, you get to have your choice and I want to help you with your choice. So that's all, you know, right now is kind of what we're doing is making awareness and before you push. And I have some other little projects that I'm wanting to launch. I just, um, those are kind of in the making right now. Okay. So before you push will kind of be like a, like a resource center or like an info hub, maybe a community where pregnant women, whether they're first time moms or let's just say, (laughs) you know, by some miracle I end up pregnant and I have no idea, you know, what has changed between now and 14 years ago when I delivered, this is just kind of like a resource center slash hub where women can go to know, like, these are the real things that you need to be asking your doctors, your hospitals, your nurses, um, on the real end, the questions that we need to be asking the information and knowledge that we need to have before we go in to deliver is that stuff can happen. Things can go wrong. Complications can arise. And is my hospital, is my doctor well-versed in this? Um, is my hospital going to fight for me as well as for my baby? Um, and those, that's kind of what your goal is now, correct? Absolutely. You know, if I, I mean, I don't know, let me look, let me look right now. Let me see what happens if I just randomly go in and ask Google, what questions do I need to ask my doctor before giving birth? There's 16 of them. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, you're right. 16 questions to ask during labor and delivery. Mom365. Yes, that's it. You only need 16. You, you, there's yeah. I mean, 17's pushing it. 16 questions is the sweet spot. <laughs> that's all you need to know. But even, I mean, I'm looking at this list and the, these are questions that, I mean, I wouldn't, these are the questions that I would normally go in and ask. And you're saying, this isn't, these aren't, this isn't no, enough. This isn't enough. Like, you know, this is like, can I eat, can I eat drink yes. during labor? Yes. <laughs> you know, do I need an ID? Um, how many people can be in here? Right. I see. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, number 11. That's where it's at. Is there a place to shower or take a bath? <laughs> yes. Or these are good questions. I mean, these are the questions that I would go in asking, but the truth of the matter is, is like, you know, <laughs> like we're talking about it. Like I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the fact that there are women who are out there and delivering birth or like delivering babies and they're, they're not coming out of it. There are babies out there who are celebrating birthdays and milestones without their mothers. There are husbands who are mourning the loss of their bait, like their wives while having to take care of a newborn, you know, and I just, it, it, it shocks me that in 2019, that I'm sitting here watching my friend, embark on this journey to raise awareness about delivery and delivery complications. What are we seriously not aware that these things happen? You know, and, 
And that's terrifying because I wasn't aware. I just thought it was going to be a normal day. I think I was supposed to do like an Instagram live that night and give away like some eyelash extensions. (laughs) Things got crazy. And like, I just watched my best friend die. And and I feel like we need to talk about it a lot. Let's just bring you on every week and talk about it. At the end of every segment, every podcast, I'm just going to say like, hey, pregnant women, have you <laughs> talked to your doctor today about, you know, uh, maternal mortality rates at the hospital that you're supposed to live? You know, I think, I think that what you're doing is important. I think it's necessary. And um I'm very proud of you for using this experience to propel you forward. And you have not been selfish with your story because that, that's, that really is to be commended. Um, and I don't know if I've ever told you that, but it really is, you know, it's admirable, admirable that you have used what you've gone through and you haven't kept it to yourself. And I know that there were some points where you grieved certain aspects of things that you feel like you missed out on, but you pushed past that and you really have found this selfless sweet spot within you because you feel like it's your obligation to make sure that this isn't happening to other women. I feel like it's my obligation yeah, to speak for these dead moms. And and I hate to say that, but I, I just feel mm-hmm. like if they could speak, they would be fighting really hard, especially to be with their family right now. And it breaks my heart for these husbands that and these children that don't get to be a part of that. Like, I don't know why God chose me to do this. Um, you know, I am so down to the bottom of my heart, grateful and thankful for this, but I, ever since I got home from the hospital, I just feel like God is giving me this voice to speak for these dead moms that cannot Mm -hmm. So, but thank you. Thank you so much that, you know, you're, you know, having me on your podcast to be able to share this. Yes, of course. I mean, it's not a fun and lighthearted one and, but I, I definitely feel like it was necessary. We're you know, it's the anniversary of when all of this kind of happened. And, you know, obviously we recorded this early before releasing this just so that we could get it out of our systems and we're not putting ourselves in this potentially, you know, deep emotional state of mind when you are actually, you know, going through the week of this happening, you know, a year ago. I don't, I don't want to approach the anniversary of all of this kind of already saying like, let's talk about it again and let's go into that deep and sad place. Um, you know, but on the, on a serious note, it has been such a joy to watch you live your life since then. You've climbed a mountain. Oh my gosh. Yes, I did. I climbed Pike's Peak guys. Yeah. That was an incredible incredible journey like I mean incredible goal of mine but I cannot believe I did that and I think I did it six months postpartum um yeah six months post to time this 14er of Pikes Peak which is a really hard 14er but yes 
when I was listening to, you know, I got to be there when they were filming all these interviews of the medical staff that kind of took care of you. And I know it was like a really emotionally heavy day because everybody was telling their stories from their perspectives, but it really resonated to me. And I keep hearing it over and over and over in my head again about one nurse saying, you know, how it changed her after is that she really believes in miracles a lot more now. Like she's, she believes in them and she, you know, because she sees one. And I I look at you and I see this woman who went in to deliver a baby with perfect hair and makeup, her robe picked out, everything, you know, just making, making sure that everything was going to look great during delivery. You were so ready. Um, and this awful thing happened to you and you were prepared and you were confident in your delivery. Um, things, happened anyway. And you had a horrible birth story. Um, you had an emergency C-section performed on you. Um, and y'all were all living to tell the story. And not only that, but you're like living it fully, you know, you're climbing mountains, you're traveling, you're seeing the world, you're playing, you know, you're playing with your kids more passionately. Um, And everything is like, you're celebrating everything again for the first time, you know, your first Christmas all over again. Um, so it's been, it's been real special to watch you on this journey post, post trauma. Um, and just to see how you put a positive spin on it, um, and everything that you're doing to make sure that, you know, somebody doesn't have to go through this and that, if they are going to be going into labor, that these are the questions that should be asked so that if you happen to fall into a situation like this, you're in excellent care and that you feel confident and that your spouse feels confident going into that, that, you know, if something worst case scenario happens, like the hospital's got us, like we're going to be fine. Everybody here is trained and ready to, to take care of us so that we're not having to tell a story of loss, but rather a story of, um, miracles and success and, you know, triumph. Um, so I really, really, really appreciate you revisiting that space for me. Um, you know, and I know that it's not easy always to talk about it and it's not always easy to go through the motions of this, but I really, really, really appreciate and respect, um, and honor the part of you that wants to make sure that you create a community and a space online for women to connect and feel supported and educated and empowered. Oh, thank you. That means so much to me. It really does. You're welcome. Okay. So (laughs) tell us where we can find you on Instagram. Um, go to just, you know, before you push right there on Instagram and I will be there and you will see my journey. And And we're recording this about a month early. So, you know, we don't know what's going to transpire between now and then, but you're also working on a website and building a space that's a potentially going to be like a community or a resource center for future to be moms. Correct. Yep. That is right. So before you push.com would be that. Well, I am super excited for you um, to do this. I cannot wait to see what you're going to do and who you're going to help. It's not going to be me because I'm not having any more kids. (laughs) Maybe. 
I'm done. There's, there's no, no. The ship has sailed. There will be no more children being expelled from my body. I'm so sorry. It's not happening. But again, thank you so, so much for taking your time to interview with me. Yeah. Thanks for having me on here. I am so glad that sitting down for an interview with Nicole means that she is still alive and well, and as you can see, very much a triumph. You can find out more about Nicole on the show notes page. I am all over the internet as Chriselda. That means Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest, but I don't know how to Facebook. So yeah, do me a huge favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. It will really help boost the show. If there's anything you'd like to chat about, please let me know. Life is meant to be a beautiful conversation. Can we talk about this?